Welcome to Spill the Tea, a bi-weekly download of life, liberty, and the latest in culture and news with your hosts, Dr. Robert McClure and Sal Nuzzo. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the post-Thanksgiving version of Spill the Tea. This is Bob McClure, President and CEO of the James Madison Institute, and with me today is Logan Padgett, our Director of Communications and Public Affairs. Uh, Sal is in San Diego speaking to a group out there on a whole host of different issues, so Logan is graciously filled in. Glad you're here, Logan. Glad to be back. Uh, it's kind of giving me getting me out of my comfort zone. Us comm folks really like to be behind the scenes editing these kinds of things, but I'm happy to fill in uh, for Sal and uh, chat a little bit about what's been going on the last couple of weeks. How was your Thanksgiving? It was good. It was good. Um, you know, I will say... When, I, when you and Sal did the last episode, you all were talking about whether or not it's okay to decorate uh, for Christmas, before Christmas, and I was sitting there shaking my head. Saying, I mean, it's not. My it's Christmas not okay. tree has been up since November 6th. Oh. Um, it, it brings me joy, uh, and at this point, I just look at my husband and say, go get the Christmas tree, and he says yes, and he goes and gets it, and that's the way it is. So, um, But I had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, what about you? We did. We had a great Thanksgiving. Um, I I am not a Christmas tree person before Thanksgiving, but I am the Friday after. Okay. So we're in that uh, role right now, and uh, Christmas music does play all all for the next 31 days or however many days are left uh, of the Christmas holiday. Actually, it'll play through New Year's. I love Christmas music, the old okay. school Christmas music, right. not uh-huh. the... Bruce Springsteen, as You're I said not in the last no, pentatonics. No, yeah. Nah, pentatonics, yeah. Really? Okay, okay, but that's not, new. Not Springsteen, okay. not, uh, you know, Lady Gaga Christmas carols, right. but yeah, it's yeah, Sinatra and Nat, uh, Nat King Cole and stuff like that. But anyway, okay. Thanksgiving was great. Um, some of our listeners know that uh, my future son in law plays football for Auburn University. Yeah. He's a starting tight end. So the Iron Bowl was brutal because we thought we had him, mm. but uh, it was it was a lot of fun and we spent a lot of great time. So it was yeah, a nice it was a lot of fun watching football uh, over the Thanksgiving break. Um, you know, as an FSU fan, it was also difficult watching the FSU UF game. Also well, both thought, teams. Ugh. I mean, it was just a it was a horrible game to yeah, watch. It was just an absolute bowl. horrible game yeah. to watch. Uh, and then the last couple of days, we've seen a lot of new coaches. Uh, so now UF has uh, a new coach, the Raging Cajuns, going right. to UF. Um, and then I thought it was interesting. The Brian Kelly from. Uh, Notre Dame is now going to LSU, yeah. and it just kind of made me shake my fist and say, like, why can't I mean, why why is LSU able to steal away such a great coach? Mm-hmm. For, uh, like, he's doing great, at, or was doing great at Notre Dame, and now he's leaving. And nothing against Norvell, but why were we not able to steal away right. a successful, winning, potential right. playoff-bound at one point coach? And it's from Notre Dame, which is right. like historically the brand for college football. I mean, you know, one of the five or six greatest brands in college football. So right. it's amazing. Lincoln Riley leaves Oklahoma yeah. for USC, uh-huh. which I think was really interesting given the fact that Oklahoma is moving into the SEC soon and he chooses to go out West to the Pac-12, there's a lot of movement. Even as we record this, there'll be a whole lot more because sure. now Notre Dame doesn't have a coach right now. Mm-hmm. OU doesn't have a coach right now. And so it's it's really it's really going to be interesting. But I have to get back. The Florida-Florida State game was definitely the futility bowl, regardless of right. who had won. It was one penalty after one mistake after another. And regardless, 
of who tried the onside kick. It was kind of an apropos ending to that game. It was just right. so brutal to watch. Right. It was. Sad. I still don't think his foot touched that ball, but mm. we'll move on. Maybe it was the breeze That's right. that pulled it over. <laughs> All right, let me ask you this. Are you a real tree or a fake tree? Because you know the the supply chain issues in right. the country today, we have a, a real Christmas tree shortage are you a real tree or a Christmas yeah, tree? Of course, so you got yours in July. Say, Didn't you get yours in July? Is yeah, that what you said? Yeah, um, my Christmas tree's been up since the summer. Just kidding. But no, seeing as it's been up since November 6th, I'm a fake tree. Uh, fake tree or real tree? Uh, sorry, real tree. Yeah. No, no, no. I get a fake tree. I get okay. a pre-lit fake tree. Um, uh, I can't deal with the pine needles falling. Yeah. I just, I can't deal with it. So I love the smell. I will put my fake tree up and I will light you know, five or six different balsam fir candles around my house, but I just can't deal with those pine needles falling all month long. For the for the first time, really, in the history of our 28 year marriage, our wife has ha- my wife and I are having this discussion about real versus fake. It's always been real, uh, but for a lot of the reasons you just referenced, mm-hmm. she's just this year. She's like, you know, we got a wedding coming. Can we just do fake tree and keep it easy? And both of our children were like, no, we got to have a real tree. <laughs> But there is a real tree shortage, just yeah, like there's a there shortage is. at your local grocery store Correct. on a whole host of different things. Right. It's Christmas trees are affected by the supply chain. Right. And and another, I mean, we talk about inflation right. every every week. Um, when you do find your Christmas tree, I think it's going to be more expensive than it's been in right. years past. But um, uh, gas prices mm-hmm. also, I know a lot of travel over Thanksgiving holiday uh, gas prices are more than a dollar higher than they were this time last year uh, averaging around three dollars and forty cents a gallon and uh, last week Biden did uh, you know did something where he announced he was going to release 50 million barrels of oil from the U.S. reserves to try and bring gas prices down the U.S. has this stockpile of like 605 million barrels uh, in case of natural disasters or natural or uh, national security issues so, but, but the thing is, is that the U.S., we average 18 million barrels of oil every day. So that 50 million that he released, it's gone. It's it did gone nothing. In two and a half days. That's right. Yeah. And, and prices are still high. So. so you think about that. That was obviously not a, um, a way to solve the issues that we're dealing with. It was simply a, an empty gesture to somehow show that you th- you know that the american people hopefully will think that you're doing something about it but you're right i mean why can't we just you know bring back the keystone pipeline right and i think that's what a lot of Repro- a lot of republicans are are calling for uh, right. to do that but even even people who aren't republican you've got to understand that the pipeline and just like pipelines in alaska and pipelines across the country there, you know, whether wherever you stand on climate change or green jobs or new deals or whatever, the reality is we need oil and gas today. That's right. And pipelines are safe, uh, and they don't, you know, if you if you look at the history of Alaska, they don't affect the um, the wildlife and the national, you know, national parks and anything like that. So instead of going to OPEC or going to Saudi Arabia or you know, God forbid, Iran. Um, why don't we just why don't we just bring back the Keystone Pipeline and, and pump our own oil at least until you know we don't need it anymore? Right. I know Joe Biden's listening. So. Right. He is. Yeah. He is. Uh, another thing that we were talking about, um, which I think is hilarious. You had a great tech, uh, great statistics on the Dollar Tree. Tell us about that. Yeah. So Dollar Tree is raising most of its prices now um, due to inflation, supply chain issues, to now a dollar twenty-five. 
So I guess they need to update their logo from yes. that dollar tree to a dollar twenty-five tree. It's a dollar dollar twenty-five tree, and think about that in real terms. Okay, it's twenty-five cents, big deal. But in statistical analysis, it's a twenty-five percent increase. That's, right. That's a huge increase. Right. You know, mm-hmm. think about that. Mm-hmm. So in real dollars, it may cost you an extra twenty bucks a month when you go, but in in percentage, that's that is huge in terms of inflation. Right. Right. Right, and we saw yesterday too, Jerome Powell finally said he doesn't think, or not that he doesn't think, but uh, inflation is not transitory. The Fed was wrong. Jerome mm-hmm. Powell, head, chairman of the Fed, said he was wrong, and so mm-hmm. now he's going to move forward more quickly on tapering, which means probably raising interest rates sooner right. in the new year. So what we've all been saying, what Mil- Milton Friedman would have said, were he with us today, uh, the great economist, is that uh, inflation is a tax on the middle class and it's not transitory. We know it's not. Mm-hmm. And we, we were seeing it live out writ large, whether it's Christmas trees or the dollar store. Yeah. Yeah. Well, more to come on inflation because I think it's here to stay. Um, Culture wise, I saw a, a new survey. So experts are, are continuing to be worried about the future of U.S. Um, with birth rates declining. It's the sixth year in a row that that's happening. And so there was a new survey that found, it surveyed Americans who don't already have kids. And the majority of them said that they are unlikely to have them um, because of financial reasons, medical issues, and singledom. Um, so I guess the the not the ability to have them, um, or simply they just don't want them. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's a very complicated issue. You've seen this throughout history when uh, you've seen it in Europe. Europe has been dealing with this for for generations now, post-World War II, that you know when countries become wealthy, for lack of a better term, and I put that in air quotes, uh, they seem to the birth rates seem to decline as it relates to economic prosperity and growth. Um, I think that uh, part of it is singledom. I think part of it is, you know, because the, the marriage um, rate has also declined. So I right. think there's some some level to that as or well. The, the age at which mm-hmm. you that people right. are getting married is also right. increasing. Increasing I, I know significantly. Friends of mine that are not even considering it till well after thirty, and right. and then you know the potential for kids just kind of goes up from there. Right. Yeah. I also think part of it has to do with the climate of the culture and the dialogue and given kind of how segmented um, the world is, certainly in America, that we live in and how angry people seem to be on TV, whether you watch cable or not, um, whether it's, you know, everybody's protesting or whether it's wokeism or whether it's, you know, whatever the issue is, uh, it seems to be kind of an angry nation at the moment, uh, a divided nation. Uh, and I think that weighs on young people's thoughts as they think about their future. Yeah, wanting to bring kids into right. this world in right. such a divided mm-hmm. divided world. Yeah. Another fascinating story that's happening uh, in the National Basketball Association, in the NBA, is this um, seemingly very vocal... Uh, NBA player for the Boston Celtics, Ennis Cantor, um, has been very vocal on um, what China has done and and those kinds of things. He's the center for the Boston Celtics. He's now an, a, a newly American citizen, uh, and he's legally changed his name to Ennis Cantor Freedom. I yeah. love his quote when he did it. He said, today is probably the biggest day of my life. To me, America gave me everything. America gave me a home, gave me family. 
My teammates became my brothers like my real family, and this means so much to me, which I think is a fascinating story. It's being underreported. I agree. And I think in such a, I mean, we're just talking about such a divided world. That's that's just, to see someone that's so uh, excited to become an American Mm -hmm. um, is heartwarming. It is. It's so heartwarming. And it's interesting when contrasted, juxtaposed with, you know, his views, obviously Ennis Cantor's views on China has been very vocal about the concentration camps and the abuse and forced labor and what China has done. And all those things are documented and true. Uh, it's really an interesting juxtaposition with the silence of LeBron James on mm-hmm. China, right. on um, a whole host of issues that don't uh, pertain to um, wokeism. Right. And so it's really interesting to see that um, contrast there between Cantor and LeBron James. Mm-hmm. And then you have, you know, Florida State basketball player Jonathan Isaac, who plays for the Orlando Magic right down the road, who um, refuses to kneel for the anthem. In fact, stands and puts his hand over his heart. The only it's, one. Yeah. Right, right, right. And so you see these um, these really amazing stories that, as we said, are underreported by the media of these uh, you know, young men and women across the country who love their country right. and are very vocal about it and take courageous stands. I, I think Jonathan Isaac deserves to be mentioned with uh, Ennis Cantor. Right. Well, speaking of taking a stand on, on Twitter, uh, like Cantor's done, uh, Jack Dorsey resigned yeah. on Monday. Yeah. I know that for a while investors have been kind of trying to, to push him out over issues of censorship. And then you've got, you know, Republicans and Democrats on both, you know, both sides have uh, he's gotten backlash from, but now he's finally saying that it's time to sign off. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, I think he's finally had it, you know, right. with the whole thing, you know, who knows what is the future from a um, legislative standpoint in DC with the future of, uh, quote, big tech, end right. quote, I don't know. I mean, uh, I've heard the guy that's replacing him is not, you know, not much better in that, right. in that area as far as censorship is concerned. Right. But right. Uh, we'll, we'll have to It'll see. It'll be interesting I, to see. Obviously, Jack Dorsey uh, no longer looks like Rasputin. He shaved his beard and he shaved and he cut his right. hair. So I thought that was interesting, too, as he heads off. That's uh, right. I saw something that said that his time as CEO of Twitter Basically, he has been able to lengthen the character limit on Twitter about as long as he's lengthened his beard. Right. <laughs> I thought right. that was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm wondering, you know, that kind of made me think about this new, um, I guess, trend, if you want to call it, the great resignation that I've heard. We were at lunch the other day talking about why, you know, why we've seen such a, a labor shortage in different places. I mean, I know I've seen so many places that are, mm-hmm. are hiring. Yeah. They're looking, you know, so many open jobs that are needing to be filled and right. with the minimum wage going up. It's, it's mind boggling why we're, why places are not able to fill these open mm-hmm. positions. And I think it's this movement where, and I don't know if it, I think it really stems from COVID where this idea that money doesn't bring you happiness mm-hmm. and you can just sell it all and live in a camper and travel and work remotely. I think that you also, yeah. there are, there are people that are struggling with being remote and working from home for two years and now being forced to have to go back into an office five days a week. And it's not something that brings them happiness. And so, um, I, I think that, uh, that, stems from COVID, people are kind of realizing what matters most in their life. Yeah, I think it's a combination of that. And I do think COVID has changed uh, the nature of work 
probably forever in right. our lifetimes. You know, we have flexible work here at JMI <clears throat> and, um, and even more so now with, with what's going on with COVID. So I think that is a major component of it. I also think there is a ton of federal money sloshing around in the system sure. that uh, people can take advantage of. I know of a elderly couple just in the last week, ironically, out of the blue, uh, from the IRS, uh, got their COVID payment for 2800 bucks, And they didn't know what it was for, why they got it. But mm-hmm. you see a lot of that kind of money being uh, in the system, kind of sloshing around. And, you know, the IRS is sending out different checks. And so I think there is less incentive to work. There's less incentive. You combine that with quality of life, which you right. were talking about. Uh, Even and, though we understand what the importance of work, like right. the feeling of having... A job and being able to right. provide for you and your family, like the importance of that accomplishment, still, earn yeah, success. Still, we yeah. have this this movement. So yeah, I think that's interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, COVID. Moving on to COVID. So now we have a new variant of COVID. Um, but Biden has told us it's a cause for concern. It's not necessarily a cause for uh, panic. However, can you really believe what anybody says no. coming out of Washington, regardless of party? Well, no. I mean, we flip-flopped on this issue a thousand times. I completely understand people's kind of um, rationale about not being able to trust a vaccine mm-hmm. versus trust where, you know, does a mask really protect you? Because right. we flip-flopped back and we've forth. We've been told so many different from, things. You know, it's only going to take two weeks to stop the spread to now we've got another variant of COVID and right. masks do protect you, but then they don't. But now you need to double mask right. and that's going to solve it. And, um, you know, we're... We don't trust a vaccine under the Trump administration, but now we do trust a vaccine and you should be getting a booster to protect yourself. And And then the uh, FDA had a contentious hearing yesterday about uh, approving the pill from, um, was it um, Pfizer? I can't remember if it was. I think it's Moderna. Moderna. Mm -hmm. But it it wasn't unanimous. Right. So now you have a pill for the vaccine that has been approved barely. Right. And uh, so now you've got all these issues. It's just so confusing. You know, we at the James Madison Institute, we kind of live in, uh, you know, current events and policy and the workings of politics and all of those kinds of things. But most people have their own lives and they don't think about these things. Can you imagine the confusion and the you know, the the lack of understanding through no fault of their own about all of the things you just mentioned. Well, and I think we've seen people kind of be berated and, and talked down to because of their skepticism. And it, it and I just, I can't really understand it because right. I feel like people have a reason to be skeptics sure. about COVID. Yeah. And, and, and then even now we have new travel bans. Uh, right. And... When Trump put them in place, he was called a racist and xenophobic. But now when Biden does it based on science, um, it's okay. And yeah. so it's just, it's crazy all of the back and forth. And yeah. um, I've, I've, I've earned a healthy revulsion for the term follow the science because right. it continues to change uh, on a daily basis. And it, and it doesn't matter, you know, which party you're in. It doesn't matter which bureaucrat is talking, Dr. Fauci or mm-hmm. anybody else. It constantly changes, and you realize that the quote experts end quote don't really, you know, they don't they're not experts about anything when it comes right. to this virus, right? You know, and so it really, to your point, um, you know, all of these things, travel bans, vaccines, and 
you know, to be clear, we're not, nobody here is anti-vax. No, it this is, is coming from someone that got, right. you know, got vaccinated. But I just think that kind of downplaying this idea that you're not allowed to question and be, you know, a little bit skeptic about everything anything. that's going, yeah, yeah, anything yeah, is just. I think, unfortunately, that is a strand of the kind of woke culture that we've been dealing with, you know, for the better part of a year or so. Yeah, I think we're going to look back. My kids' textbooks are going to—they're going to look back right. on on this, and we're just going to shake our head. Right, but. I agree. Well, that does it for another episode of Spill the Tea. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for having me and filling in for Sal. We will be back in two weeks. Sal will be back in the office. Um, we will bring you some more culture, politics, policy, sports, and news. Yeah, Sal may lose his job, Logan. Uh, I don't know if you know who Wally Pipp was, but Wally Pipp took the day off in the 1920s, and Lou Gehrig took his position and mm-hmm. never gave it back for 15 years. And so... Uh, you know, Sal might be the, and as a Yankee fan, Sal will appreciate this, this yeah, reference. Right. Sal might be the Wally Pip of uh, Spill the Tea since you uh, did such a great job. Well, thanks. Hurry back, Sal. <laughs>